welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm super duper excited to be here with you today. And I'm going to just start this episode with a little, I want to just do a little caveat. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing little air quotes already, which tells you, which tells you we're about to dip into some territory uh, that might get a little uh, click, click, buckle up for safety. And what I mean by this, is I just want to start by saying this, we're all human. We are all clumsy. We all make mistakes. And there are all, always going to be times when we fall into either of the categories that I'm about to talk about. I just want to state that up front. Uh, having said that, I feel free now to move ahead. So just know a lot of times our humanity is on full display. <laughs> Woo! Okay. So having said that, I think I'm going to call this sucker Vosity versus JV. Vosity versus JV. I'm going to tell a couple of stories and we're going to dive into some of the, the broader conversation around this topic and why it's been on my mind. So recently there was a situation uh, that was going on, uh, an interaction I was having with somebody. And when I was sitting with it, when I was sitting with what had gone down and just kind of just the, the communication and the, the whole the whole fucking shebang, you know, in my head, I heard this line and it just makes me laugh always. I'm like, that was a fucking JV move. I'm like, that was so JV. That was, that was not Vosity. <laughs> oh, so JV, for those of you who didn't play sports growing up, maybe you don't know. So usually when you try out for a sport, mostly everybody is hoping to get on Vosity. They don't want to get on junior Vosity. They don't want to get on, right, the quote unquote, uh, let's call it for the less experienced group of athletes. Let's put it that way. Or, you know, so being on JV, I want to clarify, is not necessarily a bad thing. It just means you're not quite at that level yet. You're not quite ready yet. You're not quite equipped yet. You still have some growing, some learning, some whatever to do. And sometimes that might be a physical thing. Like literally you're physically still growing. You're not tall enough yet, strong enough yet, whatever. Like, you know, Growing up here in New England or in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, you probably have heard of Cannibal Lake Park, right? So Cannibal Lake, when you're a kid, you used to try to go on the rides. You always had to like stand up against the, the measurement, right? And if you weren't tall enough, you couldn't go on the ride. You just weren't big enough yet, right? That's kind of how we can think about a little bit with JV. So sometimes we need to physically still grow. Sometimes your coach might say, ah, this kid isn't, he can't handle the pressure yet. He's not mentally ready yet, or he's not emotionally ready yet, right? And there are times when now for me in my life as a spiritual mentor and being in the realm of work that I do, I can often sometimes see when people are mentally or emotionally immature or spiritually immature, right? So that's kind of where I'm going with that. 
Okay. So again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that being on JV is a bad thing. It's just sometimes it means that there still needs to be some growth there. And whether that's in um, strength or confidence or um, how your skill set or whatever the thing is. Okay. So it got me to thinking about when I was a freshman in high school. And up until that point, you know, I had been a wicked hardcore like tomboy, like all the way up until I was about 13. And then uh, going into eighth grade, there was a little bit of a shift, but I had been playing, I had played softball like my whole life, like literally started catching balls when I was like four years old, whatever it is. Um, and then started playing, like, I think the earliest you can stop playing is like four or five years old or something like that. So around that age, I started playing softball and I played like throughout my whole life when it came time to go into high school, because, because I was a tomboy, because I was an athlete, um, a lot of the coaches, especially the um, field hockey coach, just kind of made the assumption that like I would be a field hockey player. But instead, I decided to go out for cheerleading because I thought that would be fun, right? And why not? Boys, right? <laughs> and sports. I get to be around sports and boys. Like at that time, that seemed like a pretty good deal. <laughs> so when I first tried out as a freshman, uh, the first week, I made the JV squad. They made me captain of the JV squad, but somewhere inside of me, it was just like, oh, like I hated, I hated because I think I was at that point, I was a natural leader, right? Uh, whether it was a combination of the big mouth or whatever, <laughs> I don't know what it was. I made JV, but I was only on JV for a week and they moved me up to the varsity squad. So I was one of the first freshmen to ever make varsity cheerleading. And I was so excited. Like I was so happy and proud of myself. Like I didn't tell anybody that I kept it all to myself, but I was really wicked excited. And so I just felt the difference. And I felt the difference, not only within myself, but seeing the quality, right? Seeing that shift. And, you know, I use sports as an example, because we can often see when a kid is on a JV squad and they're like, oh, that kid's going to make varsity next year, I have no doubt because you can see the potential, you see where that thing's going. So this is where I kind of started to think about this whole concept of varsity and JV and where are we? Like, where are we in our development? And we can look at this as development as human beings, how we're showing up in our lives, in our relationships, how we're showing up in ourselves, like with ourselves and our habits and the things that we're creating and cultivating. But also we can look at this in business as well, right? Is somebody showing up as Vosity, right? Are they like, hey, that that's 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 somebody who I want to work with because that's Vosity material, right? Or hey, this is like a JV coach, right? Do you know what I'm saying? And so when I started to think about this concept, I was having a conversation, you know, with my sweetie and I was saying, you know, there's so many ways to think about this and he's a professional musician, right? And as a professional musician, this is what he does for a living. He's not a weekend warrior. He doesn't have like a day job and then just go play like whatever. This is what he does for a living, right? He is a multi-instrumentalist. He plays guitar and bass and mandolin and keyboards and drums. And like, he's just ridiculously talented. He's also a singer, he's a songwriter and he's a producer. So like professional, this is what he does. Um, and one of the things I'll never, ever, ever forget this. I'll never forget this. So uh, there was a time like, I don't know how many years ago, maybe eight years ago or something like that, when there was a big ass stomach bug going around um, and we we all got it. 
And it took me like, I don't even know how many days to recover. You know, and there's a certain window where you stop being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like you can't pass it on anymore. You know, you, you might still have symptoms, but you're no longer, oh my God, I can't think of the word. What, what, it's driving me crazy, but you just can't infect other people with it. But I remember his turnaround time, like I was still like dying and he's like, I've got a gig. I'm like, sweetie, how are you going to go to this gig? Like you, you've like, been, you know what I'm saying? You know, what comes with the stomach bug. And he's like, uh, I've never not gone to a gig in like a gazillion years and a gazillion years that he's been a professional musician. He had never missed a gig from having a cold or being sick or whatever. And he's like, professionals don't miss a gig. You show up, you gave your word. And the thing is, is that he was filling in for somebody else's band and he didn't want to let them down because he knew he was the backup. And I was just amazed at his level of professionalism. And that's one thing I will say about my sweetie. When he shows up for a gig, he is prepared. He is prepared. He will know the songs. He will like, I'm like, if you need a professional, like he is 100% a professional. And there have been times when we would say to each other, you know, um, I'd be like, how was the gig or whatever? Especially if, if he's like doing something he doesn't normally do, meaning he's not playing with one of his own bands or he's not doing um, his own solo work. So he's in a situation with other musicians. And sometimes he'll say, and he's not being mean, he's being honest. He'll be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so showed up, but their gear wasn't working or this was whatever. And I, I'll look at him and I'll go, amateur. <laughs> we start to laugh, right? Because that's an amateur move. And I heard this quote one time that I thought was fascinating. Now, I want to be really clear. This isn't me being a mean, judgmental person. This is kind of using like barometers of being able to, how do I say it? So let me put it this way. Maybe it is a barometer of judgment, but judgment isn't always a negative thing, right? Especially in the spiritual community. I'm just taking a little sidebar. Stay with me, right? A lot of times we're so afraid to sound judgmental. But I'm like, there's a difference between making an observance and sometimes we have to use our good judgment, right? We have to use our judgment and say, that person is not safe or that does not sound like a sound idea. Like I don't think, like I get to judge whether or not something feels comfortable for me. So I think the word judgment sometimes gets, gets a bad rap. So let me put it this way. So there are certain words, right? Like professional versus amateur, which are a way that maybe we codify or we say, hey, now, somebody might be an amateur in one area in their life, but a total professional in another area of their life. So I want to be very clear here. I'm not throwing everybody in a box and labeling everybody one thing or the other. This is more of a way to self-assess. That's the word I'm looking for, assessment. So we can use these words, varsity versus JV, professional versus amateur, as a way to self-assess. And that's how I first started to, to think about these concepts when I was like, yeah, there have been times in my life when I have been an amateur, like that was an amateur move. I never should have done that. Or I can look at myself and go like, ooh, call myself on my own shit and go JV, right? JV. But here's the thing. You can learn a lot by being on JV. And when I was talking with my sweetie with, about this earlier, he said, you know, here's the thing. If you are on JV and you pay attention right? You pay attention to what's happening on Vosity. That is an incredibly helpful thing. When you're on JV, be present, pay attention and learn. Tuck your ego, right? This is me now, right? Check your fucking ego at the door 
recognize your position in your place and say, oh, this is right. This is how this is how Vasity does it. This is how the pros do it and pay attention. And then, of course, you get to show up in your own way at that level when the time comes. But I heard this quote that I thought was fascinating. And I first saw it attached to an athlete who was trying to learn how to um, jump hurdles on a track. And it was it was a video of them, you know, trying to uh, figure out how to get over the hurdle efficiently and effectively with great speed and not knocking them over. And I heard this quote and I got so curious and so fascinated that I went and Googled it because I knew I was going to be having uh, a conversation about this topic on the podcast. And this is the quote that I found. Uh, this is the quote that I heard in the video, but I wanted to know the source of it. So here's the quote that I heard. And it was a really, uh, again, it was a really cool video watching somebody go through the process of learning how to jump hurdles. And it says, amateurs practice until they get it right. Professionals practice till they can't get it wrong. I'll say that again. Amateurs practice till they get it right. Professionals practice till they can't get it wrong. And I was so curious. I'm like, where did this come from? So I did a little research. And the first time this quote came up into the lexicon of the language was kind of around like 1902. Some, some school principal or school teacher or something, I think in Michigan was the first one to say it. And then it came up again in 1922. And then again in 1944 as a part of, I think they called it was like a book called The Psychology of Music. And it was referring to musicians and practice and all this stuff. And alongside that, that quote I just read about amateurs practice till they get it right, professionals practice till they can't get it wrong. There was another quote that I love that I just want to share with you. And it says this, an amateur can be satisfied knowing a fact. A professional must know the reason why. Oh my God, that like just spoke to me. That just spoke to me in such a deep way because I am the queen of why, why, why and curiosity and wanting to understand people, places, things. Why do we do what we do? Think what we think, say what we say, believe what we believe, show up the way we show up. An amateur can be satisfied knowing a fact. A professional must know the reason why. I was like, oh my God, that speaks to the truth. Because when you think about the people who are apprentices versus the people who become masterful at something, right? There's the apprentice and then there's the one that they're learning from, the one that has become masterful. And it's usually because they have practiced it enough times that they now have unconscious competence, that they can do this thing practically in their sleep. They can do it till they practically can't ever get it wrong doesn't mean we don't sometimes slip. We don't sometimes make mistakes. You know, we're tired, whatever. There are circumstances perhaps where we don't show up at our best. But I just kind of love that idea of like when we are an apprentice and we're still learning, that's like being the amateur. That's like being in JV. And we practice, practice, practice through repetition. And whether that is to build a new neural network, to create a new habit, right, to support ourselves or whatever, right? When we are in an amateur position, the way that we become more masterful is through practice, practice, practice. And I always say practice doesn't make perfect, but for me, for me, practice makes process. It teaches me so much about myself and the way I learn and where I get in my own way, my brilliance and my bullshit. And it also creates progress. 
So that's how I feel about practice. So if we're trying to become masterful at anything, practice, 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 repetition, repetition, repetition. And for me, it's also keeping my sense of humor and allowing myself to make mistakes and suck at something. And so we'll, we'll, I'm going to talk about that in a whole other episode. Um, so I'm loving this right now, right? So Vasity versus JV, professional versus amateur, um, the, the masterful versus the apprentice. And then there's another one I was thinking about this. Have you ever watched a movie? And it's usually like a cop show, right? Where they pair the veteran police officer or whatever, right? I think I'm thinking about Denzel Washington and um, Ethan Hawke. What was it? Training Day? And even though, he, you know, that whole thing was crooked, bad cops. But we're looking at like the veteran cop with the rookie cop. And what's the thing they always say? What's the thing that they always say when somebody who should know better when somebody who's been like at a thing for a wicked long time and they fuck it up and they make a mistake or they do something and they say, oh, that was a rookie mistake. That was a rookie mistake. And sometimes we should know better given our experience, given our privilege, given our power, given our whatever, right? Whatever, our, our, our skill set, our length of time doing a thing. When we're somebody who's now like a veteran at something, we've been around the block a long time, we've been doing it for a long time, right? And we look at something and we screw it up. And whether it was out of laziness or you just had an attitude problem or you didn't give a shit or like whatever the thing, or you were moving too fast, moving too fast, man, want to make a mistake, move too fast, move your mouth too fast, let your mouth get ahead of your mind. Mm-hmm. Ever when you're typing, Sometimes when I'm typing, my brain knows what I want to say, but my fingers will get ahead of my brain and I'll type something wrong. And I'll say, oh, moving too fast. Slow down. You move too fast. You know that song. <laughs> so sometimes we make a rookie mistake. And the thing is, is when we make a rookie mistake, we can either go spiraling into shame and blame and guilt and all that stuff, or we can slow the fuck down. We can sit down and we can take a good look and say, okay, why did this happen? How, how, how was this possible that I did that, that I said that, that I felt that, that I behaved that way, whatever. And sometimes people like to, you know, blame things on other things like, oh, I didn't mean it. I was scared. I was drunk. I was this, I was that. But part of it is part of being a veteran, part of being a professional, part of being in varsity is you own your shit, is you take responsibility. And you make amends when necessary. And you say, yeah, that was my mistake. It was a rookie mistake. I should, I knew better or I should have known better or I should have slowed down or I shouldn't have done the thing or whatever. Because part of how we make the leap into a more, uh, a more, I don't know, experienced status is we don't deflect it and we don't turn it away and we don't blame it on other people. Now, there might be some circumstances sometimes in life, right? When, when something happens, because, right, because you're stuck in it. And I often see a lot of times when there are people who are like um, in a position of the rookie and they're really coveting being the veteran and they don't want to put in the time and they don't want to hone their chops and they just want to skip to the head of the line and they don't want to stay in their lane and they just want all the glory. They want all the glory with none of the work. And it's just not going to work because people can sniff it, right? And your quality of work will show. Again, we go back to an amateur can be satisfied with knowing a fact. People can try to copy all they want. People can try to like 
you know, present and pretend and promote and perform in a particular way. They can try, but you can see a true professional. You know, and it's fascinating. My sweetie cannot stand those shows like American Idol and, um, you know, the singing competitions. And he'll always say, these are all amateurs. Like they, not that all of them, I want to be clear. He's not saying all of them. Some of them come up on stage, but you can always spot the professional. That's a better way to say it. You can always spot the professional. And you'll often see it in this one particular show. I think it's American Idol where they take them to Hollywood week or whatever. And they really put them through the ringer. And at that point, they're like sleep deprived and they're being paired with people they haven't worked with before. And for some of them, it's their first time on a real stage and working with a band. And you clearly can see the professionals thriving and the amateurs start to fall apart because they actually aren't uh, stars yet. They don't have the wisdom, the time, the nervous system. Their nervous systems aren't even regulated to having a spotlight on them. They're like freaking out. You know what I mean? They just fall apart. And you can see like, oh, they're not quite ready, right? What's that saying? Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Sometimes the head and the neck is not strong enough, right? The shoulders are not strong enough to hold it up yet. They're just not ready. And then it makes me think of one of my, my favorite sayings too. When I was a kid growing up, so many fantastic things come out of Massachusetts, right? Boston in the language of Lawrence Mass and Boston Mass and those, those, those blue collar communities, right? Not that there aren't like rich people in Boston, but what I'm saying, there, there's, a, there's a lexicon, there's a language, there's a rhythm to the language, there's a, a way that, that people speak. And so it, I was thinking about this the other day. I remember when I was a kid, and somebody would do something and somebody would say, that was a chump move. That was a chump move. That is not something you don't want somebody to say to you. <laughs> it seems like not that big of a deal, but being called a chump, right? So this is my whole thing. Do you want to be a chump versus a champ, right? That person is a champ. That person handled that like a champ. That person handled that like a chump. That was a chump move. Right. So we have all these beautiful ways to kind of assess and to locate, you know, it's kind of like I, I think of it like, you know how bats I think that I think bats and dolphins do um, sonar or echolocation where they kind of send out a sound and the way that it like, you know, they can find their way around for me being able to navigate my way around the world and especially navigate my way around myself and my own brain and my own mind and my own quality of thoughts, words, thinking, actions, choices, whatever, how I'm showing up, how I'm supporting myself and others, et cetera, right? Is looking at these, right? Am I coming more from that chump place, from that rookie place, from that um, amateur place, from the apprentice place or the JV place, or am I doing what needs to be done so that I show up as varsity, that I show up as a professional? That, and I don't mean a professional means you have to be all like buttoned up and boring and wear the tie and all that bullshit, put on the pantyhose. God, God help me. I don't think I, I haven't. Uh, I don't know if I will ever, ever, ever wear pantyhose again in my life. Hello, torture. My showing up as a professional, as I showing up as somebody with the years that I have in my business as a veteran, am I showing up? masterfully. I don't think I'm a master at anything. I think, I think I will always be a student and always be learning. I don't think I'm a quote unquote master of anything, um, but I do think we can learn to be more masterful at things. 
Uh, am I showing up as a champ? Am I? And I do. I kind of like to think I am a champion. Uh, I'm a champion for the underdog, and I'm the first underdog that I championed. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> So you guys, I hope that this was at least fun. And for those of you who don't know, the official definition of a chump is somebody who is like a sucker, somebody who's foolish or stupid or can be easily tricked, right? That that's that's what chump means. Um, and so there's so many, I mean, chump, isn't chump just like a great word though? Oh my God. So you guys, I hope this is helpful in some way. At the very least, I hope it made you laugh and gave you a chuckle about things. But this is a great way to assess something. Like if you're about to make a decision, you know, one of the things I always say to myself is I want to show up as the best me that I possibly can. And I want to show up coming from a place of love instead of fear. Meaning I do not want to let my fears and fears look like a lot of things. Fear is like an umbrella term for a lot of things like um, anxiety fear, shame, blame, guilt, attack, judgment, laziness, like all, all the things that keep me from fully standing in um, the truth of myself and who I really am, which is an extension of love, which is one of God's kids, which is like whatever, you can call it whatever you want to call it. Those are my, my, my words. Um, those are the words that I like to use, right? An extension of the divine. And so showing up as the light of the world as A Course of Miracles says, not, you know, and not the light, like I'm the only light, but my light, the light that I'm supposed to shine, right? The best me, the best version of me that I can be. We don't always get it right. I certainly don't always get it right. But one of the things is when you find yourself making a rookie move, that's when you can learn from it if you're willing, if you're willing to take an uncomfy sometimes, an uncomfy little look and go like, ooh, yeah, I made that decision out of fear, out of scarcity, out of... Uh, whatever, right? For some people, it's showing up passive aggressively or being competitive or whatever. And if you don't recognize those things in yourself, that to me, I'm like, that's that's a rookie move. That's an amateur thing. They're not even aware that their own competitiveness or their own passive aggressiveness or their own scarcity of their own fear is keeping them from being able to move forward or, you know, blah, 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 figure it out. And the fastest way if you want to see yourself and how you're showing up is get in relationship with other people. <laughs> Notice how you are in your primary relationships. Notice how you are in your work relationships. Notice how you are in your collaborations, right? And recognize, hey, am I showing up as Vasity? Am I showing up like a champ? Am I showing up like a veteran and masterfully like a professional? Or am I showing up in this, these other ways? And it's a great way to gauge Again, not shaming yourself, but being fucking honest and taking a good look and saying like, yeah, hey, I let my fear get the better of me. I let my fill in the blank. I mean, think of the thousand and one ways that we get in our own way and then stop things from happening. Um, you know, we get in the way of our own dreams and we prolong our own suffering. And so much of the work that I do as a spiritual mentor and as an integrative hypnotist and as a life coach and as a yoga teacher and like all the stuff that I do, mentoring yoga teachers, all that stuff, you know, is trying to help people shift out of, again, there's nothing wrong. We all start somewhere. We were all rookies at some point. We may not have all been chumps, <laughs> but we've all been rookies at some point. We've all been amateurs and JVs and apprentices at some point, right? And some of, some people come through already masterful. You know, you see those videos 
You see those videos of like three-year-olds being able to play like Mozart on the piano. And I'm just like, dude, something came through with that kid. Something something came through with that kid. Cause this kid is already like, this kid is already like on varsity and he's like four. <laughs> so we all have different skill sets, but it doesn't mean that that kid's going to be able, he knows his way. That kid might know his way around a piano, but he may not know his way around the pressure of what it means when all of a sudden you are, what do they call that? Not when you're a savant, but when you are a prodigy, right? When you're able to do those things. So we can use these, these sayings in a lot of different ways. Don't use them in a mean way against yourself, but we can use them as an assessment to be honest with ourselves. And the times when maybe we're not showing up at, a, at our best and when we got tripped up and when we let something get in the way. And that's when we can use a, a bunch of different tools to say, hey, that was a rookie mistake. I should have known better and I apologize. And then here's the next thing. I'm gonna do better next time because if we don't learn from it, what's the point? You know, for a long time in my life and well, again, I'm gonna talk about this on another episode so I don't wanna go too deep into it here. Uh, for, a for a lot of time in my life, I let fear of mistakes keep me from doing things. And now when I make a mistake, I'm like, this is such a fantastic learning opportunity. How else am I gonna learn if I don't quote unquote fail? You know, and there's that, that quote that everybody loves to say, it's not failure, it's feedback. So if we get to see everything now as like feedback, sometimes the feedback is a little painful. Sometimes the feedback is a little like, oh, like you just feel it. You're, you're like, oh, oh God, oh, that one hurt. You know, like, oh, that one hurt. But, you know, I, I, I blew it. And if we can acknowledge it and own it, and like I said, and then do our best to make amends and then move on. And then again, important part, do better next time that that this is the way as the mandalorians say this is the way we don't just say oh and then come up with all these excuses even though there might be circumstances and reasons we say yep because uh, a professional will handle their shit and say you're right that was my responsibility i blew it won't happen again or whatever so you guys, I hope this was helpful to you. It's been a pleasure and a delight uh, to speak with you. And I just want to remind you, if you're interested in uh, working with me, if you're really interested in my upcoming retreat, the Own Your Magic Retreat, it's going to be such a blast. And we're going to be bringing all of these things together, somatics like yoga and breath work and movement subconscious reprogramming, uh, spiritual mentoring, uh, integrative hypnosis, pattern interrupts. Like, I mean, it's just going to be such a fantastic weekend. There'll be some yoga. There'll be, um, my friend Susie is going to be uh, attending. She's going to be offering uh, mini Thai yoga massage sessions for people. I mean, it's just going to be fantastic. It's happening in a beautiful location at the Mountain View uh, Grand Resort and Spa in Whitefield, New Hampshire. It is happening April 14th through the 16th. Bunch of people are already signing up. Incredible, incredible venue. Beautiful human beings. It's going to be a total delight. We're going to go deep, but we're also going to have a lot of fun. And you're going to have a teacher. I'm pointing at me right now. If you're not, if you're not watching and you're listening, you have a teacher who is on fire for change work. And I'm telling you, you're going to leave this weekend being able to appreciate yourself and see yourself in a new magical way. This is a weekend of transforming your story to your glory and starting to recognize where your true magic lies and then also claiming it and owning it. So you get to go home with some tools, some practical tools to help yourself, some practical tools to stop um, anxiety in its track, 
to, to create new habits. It's just going to be so much fun. So if that calls to you, just go to karenkenney.com slash retreat. And as you know, you can also work with me one-to-one. -one. Uh, I bring all of those same amazing tools to the quest. I have my membership, my spiritual membership and community, The Nest. And then there's also an in-person one, an experience, a three-hour uh, experience called the experience. And those happen right here in Concord, New Hampshire. So you can find all that stuff on my website, karenkenny.com. And just thank you so much for being here, for listening to the show. I appreciate your time, your energy, your attention so much. Uh, wouldn't be a show if nobody was listening. So thank you. And those of you who have left ratings and reviews, I appreciate it so much. If you listen to this show, if you love this show and you have not yet left a rating or a review, it would mean so much to me. It's how we can get the word out to more people. It's how we help the show to get you know picked up and noticed by Apple even more and to just be able to help more people and uh, you know be able to access this free resource. So you not only do me a favor, you're doing uh, other listeners a favor as well. So see it as like a community service. <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys, wherever you go. May you leave yourself, the people, the place, the animals, the environment so much better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may your presence, may your energy, may uh, you being there be a blessing. so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite part was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>